how well do you think that you know your Catholic faith? Like if I were to give you a pop quiz on the catechism right now, do you think you would pass? Does anybody feel confident that they would pass? Now maybe you think you're really smart, and after all, you're subscribed to Bishop Barron on YouTube. You've listened to Catechism in the Year podcast with Father Mike Schmitz, even though he talks ridiculously fast. You've read the latest Scott Hahn book. You're all up to date on the latest crazy church politics from your favorite Catholic news source. So perhaps when you hear that there's going to be a pop quiz on Catholic stuff, maybe you'd be pretty psyched about that. I don't know. Maybe you're like, bring it on, Father Anthony. I'm ready. But I suspect that for most Catholics, they would feel pretty freaked out, pretty uncomfortable if they were suddenly put on the spot like that. I heard a talk recently where the speaker said that one of the top excuses that he hears from people uh, that they, they are not able to share the gospel. So excuses why people can't share the gospel, can't evangelize, is that they don't feel like they know enough about the faith. They think that they're not smart enough or educated enough to share Jesus. But here's the truth, guys. Knowing a lot about Catholicism, knowing a bunch of things about the church or about theology or about the liturgy is radically different than knowing him, than knowing the Lord, knowing the one who loves you. Now, of course, learning about your faith is a very, very good thing. Bible studies are fantastic. Father Mike Schmitz's Catechism in a Year podcast is a massive gift to the universal church, even if he does talk way too fast. But if you somehow managed to come to know everything that there was to know about the Catholic faith, if you knew all of the Catholic stuff, if you took every single Jeff Caven's Great Adventure Bible Study class and memorized the entire catechism from cover to cover, if you could ratchet off all of the names of the 266 popes, the 73 books of the Bible, all in order, if you could talk about the 21 ecumenical councils and all of their theological conclusions and implications, if you could name the corporal and, and spiritual works of mercy, the gifts and the fruits of the Holy Spirit, if you could talk about the seven principles of Catholic social teaching, if you could name the 37 doctors of the church, if you consumed all the Catholic media and content and crammed all of it into your brain somehow, but you did not know Jesus, like as a real person, then it would be worth precisely nothing. Zip. It would be a tragic waste. Jeff Cavins, in his book, The Activated Disciple, makes this piercing observation. There's a big difference, he says, between being a fan of Jesus and being a follower. Now, that's a question that we could all ask ourselves and the Lord sometime in our holy hour. Am I a big fan of Jesus, his sayings, his teachings, his stories that he shares, or am I one of his followers? Is Catholicism kind of like my number one hobby? It's kind of like my club that I'm a part of? Or am I an active and intentional disciple of Christ? Do I know him? Do I know him? I'm posing all of this because today's great feast day, the Feast of the Epiphany, introduces us to some new characters in the Christmas saga. Today we meet the Magi from the East. 
And these guys really are wise men. I mean, they are the hyper-intellectuals of their day. As Dr. John Bergsma points out, the Magi are representatives of the scholars and academics, those who give their lives to learning, to the acquisition of wisdom. Consider this for a moment. The Magi did a great deal of calculating and estimating and philosophizing and thinking before ever setting out on their long journey from Persia. They did their homework. They had compiled their sources painstakingly. They knew what the ancient prophecies said. They understood the movements of the stars in the sky. But all of that scholarly work, all of that intellectual effort, did what? What was its end? It brought the Magi right to the feet of Jesus. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they prostrated themselves and did him homage. They opened their treasures and offered their gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It was only in that living personal encounter, that manifestation of the Lord's real, true, face-to-face -face presence that the Magi found what all of that good and wholesome academic research could never ultimately offer them. This encounter changed the Magi forever. They departed for their country by another way we read in the gospel. Because nobody ever leaves the presence of Jesus quite the same, right? They're always changed somehow, for good or ill. They're always changed. Here's the deal. The Magi could not have a personal relationship with their philosophy. They couldn't have a personal relationship with their science. They couldn't have a friendship with ancient prophecies or with the constellations in the night sky. They couldn't have a conversation with the star that was hanging there, guiding their way to the Holy Family. But they could come to adore and worship the Lord Jesus. They could know him and be known by him. And that's what the Lord is offering you all today. That's what the Lord is offering you. That's what the Lord is offering me. That is what it means to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus. Learning about your faith is a very good thing, of course. Being interested and motivated to know and understand what and why the church teaches what it does is awesome. And in this world where, where so much of our church teaching is under attack in so many ways, it's good to arm yourselves with that knowledge. We should be very well versed with what the church teaches, why we teach it, and why it's so good, why it's good news. But at some point or another, you need an epiphany. You need a breakthrough manifestation of the living God that humbles you and brings you to your knees in prayer. That word epiphany comes from the Greek, which means to reveal, to manifest. If you break down the word into its parts, you have epi, which means upon, near, over. And then funny, <laughs> fanny, which means appearance, a manifestation, a revelation. So epiphany literally means an appearance upon or a revelation over. And that's what each of us really needs. And I think it's what we all thirst for, isn't it? We want God to appear, to reveal himself upon, near, over our lives. In other words, 
We want God to show up, to make himself known, to speak with us, to be close to us. But a lot of the time, and I hear this a lot, we feel like we're sort of in the dark. I talk to a lot of people and they they tell me, Father, I don't know where God is in my life. I can't feel him. I can't hear him. He seems so silent, so absent. And if that's you right now, if that's you this morning, if you don't believe that you can hear God's voice, if you feel like he is uncomfortably quiet, I just want to preach today's first reading from the prophet Isaiah to you. Let these words pierce your soul and your heart right now. See, darkness covers the earth and thick clouds cover the peoples, but upon you, the Lord shines. Did you hear that? Upon you, the Lord appears. Upon you, the Lord manifests his glory, his presence. Can we just pray for that right now? Can we pray for God to manifest his presence right here for you? For anyone here that really needs to know that God is real, okay? That Jesus is a real person that you can have a real friendship with. So let's pray, manifest yourself, Lord, in my life. You ready? One, two, three. Manifest yourself in my life. Light, a new star, a light appears, a light for all of the nations. Listen up, this light is very bright. It exposes everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly in our lives. The light shines into the darkness, and the darkness has not comprehended it. But this light has a name, the name of Jesus. The light is Jesus. It was not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. St. Paul told us that in our second reading today. Something new has happened. God is now close to us. That's what the Magi came to discover. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. He's not absent. He's speaking, speaking to you through this liturgy, through the scriptures, through this faith community you are surrounded by, through the Holy Eucharist, the body and blood of Jesus that we're about to partake in. What an epiphany that is. That is an epiphany. That's a manifestation. Jesus appears, manifests himself on this altar, and that's real. That's better than any Bible study. That's better than any homily. That's better than any podcast. That's better than any Catholic YouTuber or news source. Jesus is inviting you to encounter him. He wants you to know the truth, the real truth, the solid truth, the truth that never changes. He wants you to choose God, choose light rather than the darkness, holiness rather than self-indulgence. He wants you to commit to your vocation to renounce sin, to reorient your life back to him. He's giving you grace right now to do that, to know him, to kneel down and worship him alongside the Magi. So what's your choice going to be? Are you going to be a big fan of Jesus? Or are you going to be his follower, his disciple? Are you going to just be one of the club members? Or are you going to be an adorer? 